Good morning. Welcome to Grace Point Virtual Church. There are some things that we can't let the coronavirus get in the way of, and that is uh, celebrating Christmas with our our sweaters and uh, fancy Christmas jackets. And so I hope you all are having a wonderful weekend as we get ready to celebrate the Lord's birth. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Uh, five this week, and we are going to be in Matthew chapter two next week, uh, just sort of looking at the the birth and arrival of of Jesus. Um, as you're turning there, there is uh, a, a, an announcement. Beth Blackman is always looking for help uh, during the week. She has a crew going where they they kind of clean up the bathrooms and kitchen and kind of go through the rooms and just sort of uh, do do a cleaning. It takes an hour or two. And if you're interested in volunteering for this, please reach out to Beth Blackman or uh, simply email Melanie and let her know. And you're, it's a commitment. It's a team. So they have a, a, there's a bunch of different people, and they're trying to, to get it so that, that each person only has to really commit to doing it once a month. Uh, many hands make for light work, as they say. And so if you have your Bibles, please open with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we'll uh, look at our passage for today. Um, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus who came uh, to the earth to save us, Lord. We thank you for the salvation he provides through the cross. And Lord, I pray that as we are in the midst of uh, Christmas season, that you would help this story to to be real to us, Lord. May we feel some of the tension that they went through and that they experienced as, as Jesus entered this earth uh, through the Virgin Mary. We thank you, Lord, for him, and we pray that you would lead us now. In Christ's good name we pray, amen. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. Blessed, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us now, and it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we know through the sort of the accounts of the, the various uh, stories of of the coming of Christ um, over in uh, 
Luke and Mark, we sort of get the account of, of Mary and, and really the angels showing up and telling her what would, would happen. And she is this young lady and she responds in faith. She was unassuming. She was young. She um, really didn't have anything. And she hears this and, and she responds right away in faith and uh, she, she had some questions, and the angel explained them to her. But we, we see, I think it's in Luke chapter 2, we just see this beautiful song of Mary uh, sort of demonstrating that she, at this early age, to handle the weightiness and the gravity of the situation, that she, um, she knew the scriptures, she knew the promises that had been made to Israel, and so she was ready to respond to God in worship and sacrifice of her own life uh, to go forward as he willed. Um, and it was really just a, a beautiful thing as she receives this news by faith. And now in today's story, we look at, at Joseph. Um, uh, we know that if Luke documents the, the royal bloodline uh, through Mary with no mention of Joseph, Matthew, in his account previously to our section, there's a whole bunch of, of genealogy, and it traces a, a different aspect uh, of, of Jesus's bloodline that covers the sort of the, the legal bloodline. And, and it's important that, that through this whole aspect of, of uh, Joseph's side, that Jesus, while he doesn't have the DNA, um, that is also a key component that God had sort of the last a king in that line from Joseph, he was cursed, and God said that he would never that there there never be a, a king through his bloodline. And so here Jesus doesn't follow the bloodline, but as an adopted son, he then legally has um, all of the legal rights to to this bloodline. And so this this guy Joseph, Jesus's stepfather, earthly father. Um, there's not songs written about him, and and he really there's just not a whole lot known. But really, his story is 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 fascinating, and there are so many lessons that we can draw from uh, from Joseph's life in this story. And so let's let's begin here. So verse eighteen, Matthew is going to introduce Mary's pregnancy to us. I'm going to read verse 18. I want to sort of pause before the end to sort of leave out some words to sort of to see how, how it would feel or how it felt to Joseph initially. So in verse 18, we read, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Now Matthew goes on to say, by the Holy Spirit, uh, but when Joseph received the news, and we don't exactly have that story of how Mary went to him to, to sort of recap what the angel told her and how, how she de- broke the news. We don't really have that. But he would have found out that she was pregnant. She might have said by the Holy Spirit, but uh, I don't know many men who would receive this, this news of their, their, um, their bride-to-be, their... Um, that their fiance that they that that they got pregnant by the Holy Spirit it would you'd be a fool to think this, and so here Joseph is faced with this reality that his fiance uh, really 
that he had been betrothed to, which, which uh, to get out of it, it was this, it was, you'd have to get a divorce. This was the, not marriage, but it was binding as if you were already married. And so now he, he is devastated. He is in a real predicament. And I, I can't, I can't even imagine what he's going through. This, this, this window that we're in, I, when I look at the story, it always takes me back to, to when Anna and I were engaged and uh, we got engaged in, in October and then we were married in February. So we, our engagement was sort of in this, this period. There's so much, um, excitement and, and longing and, just it seems like time is taking forever. So 19 years ago, in this moment, I can only imagine knowing that Anna and I, our relationship was pure. And and if she came and said she was pregnant, and I knew it wasn't me, this this would be catastrophic. Like I I don't know many people that could say, oh, I can go along with this. It, most people would probably end the relationship. And so Joseph had a rough time as well. He's struggling with this like like any of us would. He will see that in verse 19, and her husband, Joseph, since he was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her, and he planned to send her away secretly. Now it's interesting, in verse 19, he's referred to as her husband. I don't know if this is since Matthew is, the story's progressed, and it's uh, Joseph, we know, is uh, her husband. Um that they would, we know the end of the story. If he's referring to her as a husband, just sort of like knowing the whole scope of um, the story, or if he's referring to her as the husband because they were betrothed, that this that that's what engagement meant. That they they were all but married. They just haven't consummated the relationship yet. And so, her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her, and he planned to send her away. Uh, secretly. And so here is a struggle. He's, he's, he's a righteous man. He's an honorable man. He loves God. He lives for God. He desires to do the right thing. Um, it, it, he has the ability to use the, the whole weight of the law. The whole weight of the law is in his fa- favor. He could use it to shame her, to disgrace her, uh, to kind of make himself feel better. Um, for what he was going through in his sorrow, but he decides to be merciful to her and he doesn't want to shame her. And so he decides to to send her away secretly to sort of maybe preserve her reputation. Um, we, we, We just see that he wants to be discreet about it. He doesn't desire to be malicious towards her. And so we do see a lot about his character that this is a, a kind, gentle, and warm man. And he's he's righteous. And so it's really this, he is an amazing picture of biblical manhood, of what we as men uh, should be. Uh, there's, a, there's an application here. Just because you can or you have grounds to, to do something doesn't mean that you should be harsh in that way. I do think that there's, a, um, there's an example for us as, as, as followers of Christ that as Jesus was graceful to us and merciful to us, we should be merciful and graceful to those around us. And so his plan, we don't really know his plan, that he desired to send her away. We know that from Luke's account that when she found out, she goes down to, um, she goes down to see her cousin Elizabeth, and, or maybe it was her aunt. It was her aunt, I think. And so Jesus and, and uh, John the Baptist were, were cousins. 
but he, we know that she goes down there and she spends some time. I don't know if that was rela- related. They don't really overlap and, and share with us the, the finer details of, of what was going on. And so we come to verse 20 and 21, and Joseph is going to encounter the angel. And the, the angel is going to, uh, he seeks to sort of straighten out some, some issues, some questions <laughs> that Joseph naturally has. And so verse 20 we read, but when he had thought this over, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so we see that they are, uh, it, it appears that this angel, so this angel appears to him in a dream. We see that he had thought this over. Gunner's interpretation is Joseph is tossing and turning in his bed. Uh, this whole thing has wrecked his world. When Mary comes to him saying that she's pregnant, he wants to send her away. He wants to do it discreetly. He's a righteous man, but he is just tossing and turning at night. And in the midst of this tossing and turning, the struggles, we've, we've all been there when we have stress or anxiety and there's something just weighing on, weighing, pressing in our hearts. Here he is, he's tossing and turning. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he says, Joseph, son of David, like, don't, don't be afraid. And, and, and from this, some, some commands come out. So some of the facts that he is to take to heart is, number one, that he is to marry Mary, that there is assurance from God that this indeed is the person that he is to marry. It's a wonderful thing to, to have confirmation of the person that you're supposed to marry. In every premarital session that I do with couples, I, one of the things in the, the format we do, use is you kind of reach a place where you, you acknowledge to, to your future spouse and before God that you believe that this is God's provision for you because marriage is tough. And so if you, going into marriage, understand that regardless of how tough things get during a given season, that this is the individual that God has given to you. And so whatever stresses and strains you're going through, that God is going to use that to, to mold you and to shape you. It, it actually is it's a powerful thing. The angel also reveals to Joseph that, that this pregnancy is indeed supernatural, that, this was create, that he was created by the Holy Spirit, uh, that Jesus, we know, is 100% God, 100% man, it might be hard for us to actually like understand this concept, the dual nature of Christ within our own minds and hearts, but the angel informs Joseph that this is the case. The angel also gives a, a gender reveal, and he, the angel lets Joseph know that the child within Mary is, is a boy and what his name will be, that Joseph is to na- name him Jesus. And in this name, it reveals that, or his mission, that he will um, save his people from their sins. So this is Jesus's life mission. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1.15 that it is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. So this is the mission of Jesus, that he came to give his life 
as as a sacrifice so that we um, might receive this gift so that we would be freed from the punishment of our sins. And so all of these events are, are prophesied. They're told to Joseph. And then we move into verse 22. Now all of this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And so in Isaiah 7.14, this is the quote. This Isaiah 7.14, this prophecy was given some 700 years prior to Christ. There's so much you can look into and, and study on your own. It's, it's fascinating. This is sort of one of those passages that, um, that skeptics say the whole birth of Christ in light of Isaiah, that Isaiah had to have been sort of manipulated to give this. And this is why the Dead Sea Scrolls are so um, important, is that this discovery that was made some 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, that we discovered these scrolls that, that were from before Christ that were unseen. And as they sort of take them and they examine them, they, they learn that indeed Isaiah is pure and the copies and the prophecies that we have today truly are just that, that they're prophecies. And so Matthew divinely explains that when the prophet spoke, um, it, it, it was the very historical event that Joseph was in his bed grappling with. Joseph thinks his fiance has had an affair on him and is pregnant. And he's straining over this whole issue because it doesn't align with the Mary that he knows. I think that he's kind of wrestling. This doesn't align with the girl he knows. He knows that she loved God. And so it was, it didn't align with the character. But at the same time, he was no fool. He understands how pregnancy happens. And so this angel comes and he gives this, this explanation. And in the explanation, Joseph finds out that this trial that he's going through is actually something that was prophesied long ago and that he is sort of entered into sort of God's uh, plan of redemption that had, that had started many, many years ago. And so it's, it's fascinating. And we're told that he's to name him Jesus um, because he's to name him Emmanuel, which we're told is translated, which means God with us. The Apostle John tells us that uh, he, he tabernacled with us. So in John 1.14, we read there that, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so here Jesus takes on human flesh, and he lives amongst us, and he becomes like us so that we can see and understand and sort of get a glimpse of who God is, that as we look at Jesus, we see a a picture of who God himself is. And in verse 24, we read, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. And so Joseph, when he wakes up from this dream, he received confirmation from God. Everything sort of fell into place that Mary was indeed the, the lady that he knew her to be. He knew, he learned that he received confirmation from this angel that her character was true, her love for God was true, 
that her pregnancy was indeed uh, from an angel, as hard as it was for him to fathom that. And so he did just as the angel commanded, that he, uh, he, would, he would continue on in this marriage. He would um, keep her a virgin until Jesus was born, and then he would consummate the relationship with Mary, and they would go on to have uh, children. Jesus had brothers and sisters. Um, he lived a normal life, and, and Joseph raised this son in a very honorable way. And I, um, it, it really is this beautiful picture. And so when we look at this, what do we learn about G- Jesus? We, I, I'm in this silly jacket to celebrate Christmas. We, we, you know, we have our, our goofy sweaters. We sing this joyous songs. We put up the Christmas tree, the lights. We sing Christmas carols. We really enjoy the season. I love this season. And we love this season because Jesus came to be, to be our Savior. Just as we read in 1 Timothy 1.15 that he came um, into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I'm the foremost. I don't know about you, if you have come to the place where you understand the, the gravity of your sin and how vile it is before God. But my prayer is that you would see your sin as horrible as it is and as vile as it is and that you would fall down, bow down before Christ and receive him as your Savior. He came and he stood in your place and took the punishment that was due each of us. And as we receive him as Savior, we're told that our, there's an exchange there. We're transformed. Our old nature is made new. And with this, there's great joy and transformation. I think that's what all the jolly is about during this time of year, that if we keep things in perspective, and we keep Christ at the center of all things. We, we celebrate what God has done in our own lives. We give thanks to God for what he's done in our family's life and, and our, our, our fellowship. Uh, we enjoy one another. We give thanks to God. And my prayer, ultimately, is that Jesus has made a difference in your life because when he comes into the world, he changes everything. And the, the ultimate question, has he, has he changed everything for you uh, this Christmas season? 2020 has been an interesting year. Um, we can rest easy knowing that God is in control and that we can trust him and know that he is working all things together for his, for his glory and our good. And so with that, I just want to pray. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and hope you have a blessed time this week, however you celebrate it. And it's in Christ's name that we, we ask this. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you uh, for today. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the work on the cross. We thank you that Jesus came and he dwelt among us, that he would live his life as an example for us, that he would live perfectly free from sin, and that he would ultimately go to the cross and give his life in exchange for ours. Father, we do long for his return. We long for his coming again. Uh, we, we pray, Father, that we would keep him in the center of all of our Christmas celebrations this week. Lord, help us to reflect upon his coming and uh, just reflect on the gift that he gave to us, uh, salvation. I pray for each person, Lord, that you would help them to understand these great truths if there are people listening now, Lord, that haven't received Christ as Savior, I pray that you would help them to understand um, what the gospel is 
And if they have any questions, that they would reach out and, and just seek clarity. For those of us who have received Christ as Savior, Lord, I pray that you would help us to really keep him in the center of all things that we do, that we would bring you glory through our lives. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great week this week. I do look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to continue, and we're going to, we're going to go into uh, Matthew chapter 2 and just sort of see what happens uh, after Jesus is born and, and the things that happen there in the next you know, couple weeks or months. And then we'll be right back into Second Thessalonians for January and then into Galatians starting February. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. I hope to see you soon.